You're listening to the Mindful Weight Loss Podcast, Episode 82. It's time to look at weight loss in a whole new way. Instead of focusing on calories in, calories out, you'll learn how to use your brain to transform your body and heal your relationship with food. If you're ready to lose your weight for the last time, you're in the right place. Because it's more than what you eat. It's who you are when you're eating. This is the Mindful Weight Loss Podcast. Here's your host, life and weight loss coach, Dr. Michelle Tupman. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. This week, I want to talk about change, right? Change is always on everybody's mind, first and foremost, when we turn into the new year. I am adamantly against setting New Year's resolutions, and that's maybe a whole topic for a whole other podcast. But nevertheless, I think most of us start to think about change when the new year starts. It just, it just, carries with it um, so much potential for new possibilities, and we often look to change. And we all know that change is super hard, and that's okay, it's supposed to be, right? It would be so nice if it could be as simple as just wanting to change, then making the decision to make a certain change, and then boom, it's all done. But it doesn't typically work that way. In reality, it looks more like this, right? You want to change, like there's there's something that you'd like to be different in your life, you kind of decide you want to do it, sort of. You maybe feel a little bit conflicted about it because you know that although the change would be good, you don't really want to do the work and you're not sure if you're ready or you doubt that you'd be able to do it anyway and who has the time, right? So then maybe you start to talk to your friends about it. Maybe you do some research on the internet, you read some books, you start doing some planning. Maybe you procrastinate doing other things for a little while longer and then you decide, Yes, you really do want to make the change, but you're totally annoyed at the fact that change actually involves changing and change change sucks. Um, but you decide to give it a, a try, you know, just for a little while. And then eventually you just forget about it because your habit brain takes over and you go back to doing things the way you've always done them. And then you just sort of feel ambivalent about it. Or maybe you even start to actively resist the changes that you wanted to make. And so you give up. Like how many times? have we been through that cycle? But then before long, that desire to change just creeps right on up on you again. And so you go ahead and you give it another go. But you don't see so much progress. And so maybe you work a little harder. Maybe you start to feel a little bit frustrated. Or maybe you even start to see just some tiny moments of change. Maybe if you squint, <laughs> you see it. But there's still more frustration than there is success. And you keep going and there's ups and there's downs. And at some point you might think that you just want to throw in the towel again. But then one day you wake up and you realize that the change has just sort of happened in weird and unexpected ways and you don't even know how. That's how change often looks. And this can sometimes feel very powerless, very frustrating, and very out of control. And so today I want to share with you a five-step framework for implementing change in your life. And I want to talk about it in terms of change rather than goals. Because I think, you know, when we when we talk about goals with um you know, the smart goals and the other, other different ways of looking at goals that were traditionally been taught. I think there often comes along with it some unfair expectations that we put on ourselves, um, some unrealistic idea of how 
it should all go down. And so I think when we when we look at it in terms of change instead, that that word change just automatically implies time and struggle, right? And ups and downs and patience and all of these other things. And and I think that's those are the pieces that are missing when we traditionally talk about goals. So I want to talk about it in terms of change instead. And I think it's important to note from that little description of of change that I just gave you that change isn't just one moment of decision, right? It's not like you just flip a switch and it's done. Now, sometimes we assume it goes that way, right? We often tell smokers who want to who want to quit smoking, that they just have to decide to quit, right? And, you know, that's true for some people. But for most people, they have to go through this process of change over and over and over again, before they are actually truly committed to stopping smoking. And it's the same for any other change as well, right? You you think about it, you try, you give up, you think about it some more, you try again, you give up, and you keep going until until something switches in you and you become truly committed, right? But even then, it's not just about making the decision or taking one big heroic action to change. It takes tons of micro decisions that are made day in and day out as you work toward the change that you want to make. And so the way I'm talking about change makes it sound very chaotic, and in some ways it really truly is. But there are some predictable patterns that always show up when we want to make a change in our life, and knowing about them can help you be successful. And when you think about it, I think we just need three crucial ingredients if we want to make a change in our life and actually be successful with it. And the first one is having a realistic and also very compassionate understanding of how change actually works, that it's not a linear process, right? It's it's this swirly <laughs> up and down and sideways um, process where we go through all sorts of crap before we actually actually make the change. And that's that's realistic, right? It's so rare that we snap our fingers and the change is done. And so it's important to know that. And that compassionate piece is also super important because that means that when we go sideways or go down instead of up, we have to understand that this is part of the process and go easy on ourselves rather than beat ourselves up, which is what most of us tend to do when things aren't going the way that we want them to, right? So that's number one. Um, the second crucial ingredient for successful change is to really have a system to guide you through it so that you're not, you know, going about it in a willy nilly fashion, but you have a system that is going to include how you're going to master the skills you'll need to make the change you want. And the five step process that you'll hear about shortly is that very system. And then the third thing that you need is a plan for consistently being able to do what matters most day in and day out. And that's also part of the five-step process. And why this is important is because you do have to be in that change every day, in some way, some form. And if you've been listening to this podcast, you know that your brain is going to throw all sorts of reasons at you for why you should give up or not engage in your change behaviors on a particular day. And you need to have a strategy for getting around that. And we'll talk about that. Now, an important thing to consider when it comes to making change 
is that we can only actually change things that are in our control. I'm going to say that again because it's so super important. We can only change things that are in our control. So often the things that are causing us troubles in our lives are things that are out of our control. And while we can certainly change the way we think about these things, how we show up in the context of these things, the behaviors that we partake in regards to these things, those things we can control, but the thing itself, we also can't. And so if you look at it in the grand scheme of things, there's really only three things or three categories of things that are actually completely within our control. And the first and perhaps most important one is our mindset, right? We can, we are completely in control of the thoughts and the beliefs that we choose to have. And this takes work, right? So many of us think that our thoughts are just there, Beliefs are something that were instilled upon us, but that's not true, right? You can sit down and do the work and choose to think about things in a different way, right? If you are usually a glass half empty sort of thinker, you can sit down and intentionally look at what it would be if you were a glass half empty. Uh, glass half full type of person, right? It just means actually stopping, sitting down and taking the time to do the work on your thoughts. The second thing that we can control, at least to some degree, is our environment. So, you know, you may not be able to change everything, right? You may not have it within the means to move if you live in a lousy neighborhood. Um, you know, you have other people around you. You may not have the ability to change your work environment, but to some degree, you can change. And like examples of this is, you know, your kitchen. So if the changes that you want to make in your life are in regards to your nutrition, how you feed your family, then of course, the the environment of your kitchen makes a difference. So you get to choose what sort of foods you have in your fridge and your pantry. You get to choose how clean it is, right? You get to choose who sits at the table, right? All of these things are within our control. So take a look at the environment around you and identify which things are at least partially in control within your environment. And then, of course, the third thing that we have control over always is our behavior. And when I say behavior, what I mean is the daily actions, the practices, the skills that you use that lead you to achieving your goal or to achieving the change that you want in your life. You get to decide how you show up every day, and you get to decide what decisions you make, and you get to decide what behaviors you engage in, all completely within your control. And another thing to consider when it comes to change is that listening to this podcast and understanding how change works isn't enough to actually make the change in your life, right? You have to actually take the steps, even when it's hard or when life throws those curveballs at you. So in addition to the tips that you'll hear here, that you'll hear today as we discuss the changes of stage, uh, as we discuss the changes of stage that you have to take when you want to make a change, you also need to have strategies for actually implementing all of those tips and tricks, right? You need to be able to adapt your strategies to your very, very messy life, right? We so often like to plan things as if our lives were perfect or as if tomorrow is going to be better than today or as if we'll have no bad days or emergencies or unexpected challenges. And quite frankly, that is not life. If you sit down and be truly honest with yourself, you know that life is 
always going to be messy. And so when you are making a strategy to implement change in your life, you have to take all of that into consideration. And you also have to take into consideration the fact that you will have mixed feelings about change. There will be ambivalence and there will often be resistance that will pop up along the way. And you need to have a a strategy to, to deal with those feelings and those thoughts as they come up as well. And then, of course, we we need to be able to address all of the we need to be able to address all the competing commitments that will get in your way, right? So we're all very busy people, right? As women, we have so many roles that we need to fulfill, and we want to fulfill them perfectly, right? And so when we want to add something new to our lives in the form of of making change, there's always going to be things that seem more important in the moment. And so you will need to have a strategy for how you're going to deal with it when competing commitments pop up. One really great tool that you can use through all stages of the change process is to ask yourself one simple question, and that is how ready, willing, and able you are to take the next step. As we've talked about, change is super dynamic and it's constantly evolving. It looks different every single day. And so you might feel ready, willing, and able to do what you need to do today, but not tomorrow. And that is totally okay. Then just ask yourself, what Am I ready, willing, and able to do today to move me closer to that change? And, you know, as we've also mentioned, it's not about taking one big heroic action. It's about all the tiny micro actions that you do day in and day out that eventually lead to the change. And so if you can't do fully what you had hoped to do today, what small piece of it can you do? This is how we stay engaged. And if you're putting huge expectations on yourself that you know you realistically can't actually accomplish, that's going to get you nowhere. And in fact, there's a good chance that that's going to result in you just quitting on yourself. And that's the last thing we want to have happen. So just ask yourself every day, what am I ready, willing, and able to commit to today? And again, just have compassion for yourself if you're not ready for that next step, right? It is so much better to just continue doing the small, tiny micro actions until you do feel ready to at least modify the next step, right? Um, because if if you try to do too much too soon, you'll just end up beating yourself up. Um, and then you'll, you're setting yourself up for failure and frustration. And, and I don't want that for any of you. So be realistic, be compassionate with yourself if you can't do as much as you can, and then ask yourself what you can actually reaccomplish in the time frame um, that you're looking at. And I just want to talk again about the importance of radical honesty, right? We've, we've spoken about this in podcast episodes previously and just how important it is to be honest with yourself about where you're at. And the compassion piece, of course, comes along with this, but just remembering that ambivalence and resistance is always going to be there because it's a very natural part of change. And I think it's helpful to just emphasize again that this is normal because your brain is used to doing things a certain way and brains love the status quo. If you remember, brains have only three things, three priorities. They want to seek pleasure, avoid pain, and use as little energy as possible. And this is where that little energy comes in, right? They want to do it the easiest way. They want to do it the habitual way. And this is exactly why we do so many things on autopilot, and it's why change is so difficult. And so what this means is that 
you need to be ready for days when you question yourself, when you want to quit, or when you notice that you're starting to talk yourself out of the change, right? I personally like to write down what I'm wanting to change, what my goals are, and also why they're so important to me so that I can come back to that when the ambivalence comes up because I know that it will. And, you know, we often talk about this piece as being like the river of misery, right? When you're trying to get from point A to point B, you're actually fighting against this primitive brain of yours that wants to do things on autopilot. Eventually, as you practice your new behaviors often enough, it too will become autopilot, and then it will be much easier. But the river of misery is that period of time when we decide we want to make a change, and it hasn't yet become habitual. It's not yet on autopilot. And so you just need that strategy to get you through that river of, min- that river of misery. I also just want to point out that there can be learning in the resistance as well. So often when we feel that resistance to change, we just decide that that's a sign that we shouldn't do it or we find something to buffer that resistance and we procrastinate a little bit longer. But I want to point out that there can be lots of res- lots of learning in the resistance. So if you do notice resistance to change popping up, you know, sit down, do a thought down- download, do a little bit of journaling and see if that resistance might be pointing to something else going on that's just a little bit deeper. Right here are some examples. Change can often threaten our sense of safety and security, right? Remember that brains like things to stay the same. And so stretching outside of your comfort zone can sometimes feel threatening. And so take a look, like, are you feeling unsafe or are you feeling like you're losing some security by making this change? And can you, can you see where that's coming from? And can you see where you might be able to change your thoughts around that to make it a little bit easier to change? And one thing that I often come up with my own resistance to change is this feeling that it's threatening my autonomy, right? The rebelliousness comes out for me, right? I like to be able to do what I want to do when I want to do it. And change requires that you do things you don't want to do sometimes, right? Like one of the things that I've been working on is getting movement in every day. And there's sometimes where I wake up and would really just rather stay snuggled in bed, right? And I have to use a little bit of discipline to get myself out of bed and go downstairs to the to the gym. And what my brain is always telling me is like, F this, I want to stay in bed. Like this sucks, right? And it it feels like my autonomy is being challenged because I'm telling myself what to do. And I can usually talk myself out of that by reminding that, reminding myself that this is actually my choice. And that if I continue getting up to do my movement in the morning, eventually it will become a habit and it's not going to feel, um, it's, it's not going to feel like I'm, I'm having to use discipline to get myself downstairs. And sometimes change can also force us to confront things that we'd rather not, right? Sometimes it means that we have to deal with difficult relationships or we have to deal with some either big T or little T trauma from the past that we might have been avoiding, right? And, you know, here, here's an example of this is, um, you know, 
one of my goals previously was to spend a little bit more time at home with Rob. And this was very difficult because we had conflicting work schedules and, and other things. And what came up for me in my resistance is that it really meant that if I wanted to spend more time with Rob, I was going to have to let go of some other things going on in my life. And I wasn't sure if I was ready to deal with that. So um, it really it really took some time for me to do some soul searching to figure out what my priorities were. And that was such a valuable process for me to go through, um, not just in terms of my marriage, but in terms of um, my own satisfaction with my life that I, you know, I'm forever grateful. So it was such a gift that that change I wanted to make forced me to confront that um, overworking um, habit that I had gotten myself into. And then the final thing that resistance may point out to you is that change can ask you to build new skills or try new things out that just don't feel you don't feel comfortable doing. And you might start to feel like you don't have the confidence to do what you want to do. And this is a mindset issue as well. And this is also your brain trying to keep you safe and trying to keep it you know, easy status quo and comfortable, right? So if you need to learn a new skill or try something that you've never tried before, can you instead just look at it as an experiment? I often find that um, super helpful um, for, for myself, to be honest. It's, it's just, well, like learning how to crochet. I, you know, this was oh gosh, maybe four years ago, I decided I wanted a hobby, a new hobby, and I wanted it to be crafty. And I decided I wanted to learn how to crochet. And I kept remembering when I had tried to learn to knit um, when I was, you know, a teenager and how awful it was. Not only did I hate it, I was terrible at it. I couldn't figure out the tension. It was all just just a big big mess. And so when I got this idea to learn how to crochet, it was probably weeks that I sat with this memory of how difficult it was to crochet. And that quickly led into thoughts of, I'm, I'm going to fail. It's not going to work. So why even bother trying? Right. And so I kind of had to sit in that, that sort of discomfort of, of, potential failure. And how I got around that, again, was a mindset thing. I just told myself, it's just crochet for Pete's sake. If it turns out to not be my thing, if I can't get the hang of it, then I'll try something new. And that kind of took all the pressure off of crochet being successful. And of course, now it's one of my favorite hobbies. So um, lots of value in really sitting down and taking a look at what that um, resistance can do for you. All right. So, you know what? I've just realized I've gone on talking for 20 some odd minutes and we haven't even gotten in to that process of change. So, here's what we're going to do is I'm going to call it a day for today and in the episode next week I'm going to give you that process for change. And I think that's going to be a little bit more valuable for you. So I'll let you go here. Um, please tune in next week where we talk about this actual, um, the actual stages of change that you can implement. As we do that, we're also going to talk about some of the obstacles that commonly come up in each of these stages and what you can do to mitigate them and find your way through. So we'll tune in for that next week. Until then, take care.